You are listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Denver, Colorado. And you can find out more about us at houseforall.org. Know this, God's unfailing love, mercy, and grace are yours this day. Pastor Wiley, good people of house, here we are again. Another Palm Sunday, another chance to affirm your partnership as pastor and congregation. So I had to ask myself, what do we call this? Is this a reinstallation, as though like the first one didn't quite take? Is this a new installation, like an upgraded version of the original? Or in good Hobbit fashion, is this second installation, like second breakfast? <laughs> Whatever we call today, and for the record, it's probably a mix of all of those things, today matters. Because today, we pause to recognize that the relationship you have now as pastor and congregation is not the same as the relationship you began a year ago. And at the same time, we acknowledge today that while this relationship is new, it is at least different, it is built on all that you have experienced together during this last year. You have been on quite a journey. Given that this is the second time we are honoring your relationship as pastor and congregation on a Palm Sunday, I've been wondering how Palm Sunday itself, the story and our experience of it, might inform your partnership and help frame this next chapter of your story as members of Christ's church. So I must begin with a confession. I find Palm Sunday itself to be one of the most awkward Sundays in the church year. Here's why I say that. From the time I was a kid, and we went to church a lot, to the time I was a parish pastor until today, I find this yearly attempt to recreate the entry to Jerusalem enthusiasm of the crowds by holding our palms and shouting Hosanna to be the essence of awkwardness. More often than not, we reluctantly comply with our pastor's enthusiastic encouragement to lift our palm branches while muttering our half-hearted hosannas, hoping to God that no one is looking at me. <laughs> Maybe that's an introvert thing, but I don't know anybody who really likes it. And yet we do it over and over again every Palm Sunday. As if that's not enough, there is the awkwardness of the actual story, regardless of which version you read. This year, the story is from Matthew, where, as in Mark and Luke, the awkwardness itself begins with an apparent theft. In this case, the theft of two animals by the disciples at Jesus' command. Listen, go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, the Lord needs them. <laughs> okay. 
You know, we accept this audacious act at face value every year without ever addressing the awkwardness of the request that Jesus makes of these disciples. In Matthew's account, that awkwardness only grows when we realize that the disciples, per Jesus' request, have brought him these two animals, a donkey and a colt, and according to the text, Jesus rides them both at the same time. Did you ever try to picture that? Did you ever see anyone try to recreate that in a Palm Sunday reenactment? Didn't think so. We then get to the heart of the story. This large crowd spreads their cloaks on the road. Others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Although, side note, any references to these branches being palms is found only in John's Gospel. Shouts of the crowd go up, Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest heaven. Now at first glance, this is the least awkward part of the story. Given the fact that Jesus has acquired a reputation across the whole region through his ministry of healing, his miracles and teaching, you would expect some enthusiasm on the part of everyone. Which is why what Matthew says next seems strange. The whole city was in turmoil asking, who is this? Now, I tend to hear that question with the voice of awe. Who is this? But it could just as easily be read, who is this guy? Unlike present-day rallies where everyone has their well-marked t-shirts, hats, and flags and are 100% behind their guy, The arrival of Jesus in Jerusalem creates turmoil and confusion. Who is this? Awkward at best for a prophet whose fame was supposed to have preceded him. Perhaps the most awkward aspect of Palm Sunday isn't contained in the story itself or in our often lame attempts to recreate the crowd's enthusiasm, but in the paradox of feigning joy when we well know what's coming next, when we well know where the story goes from here. On Palm Sunday, we're expected to cry out Hosanna when we know that what happens next is messy, really messy. Betrayal and denial and judgment crucifixion and loss and death and grief. And then, yes, after three days, the surprise of resurrection where we begin to discover some meaning to this pain and heartache. But on this day, positioned at the start of Holy Week and knowing all that lies ahead, celebrating Palm Sunday is awkward. And yet without it, We cannot enter into the messiness and the ultimate meaning of the rest of the story, of the rest of the Jesus story. Which is not a bad way to understand or frame what happens when we gather for an installation, whether it's a reinstallation, new installation, or second installation. What happens today positions you as pastor and congregation for the messiness and the ultimate meaning of the rest of your story. 
your story as Christ's church. I've thought a lot recently about the messiness and the meaning of our story as Christ's church. When I say messy, I don't mean that lighthearted, messy church spontaneity that, uh, that comes about when we operate informally or when things don't quite go the way we plan. No, I mean human messy, real messy, the messel, messy of betrayal and denial and judgment and death and loss and grief, all of that mess within our life as the church. I mean the kind of messy that creates the need for the writer of Ephesians to assure the faithful, as we heard a bit ago, that Christ is our peace. In Christ's flesh, Christ has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall that is the hostility between us. I am one of those people who wants to desperately believe that the messiness in the church should be the exception, not the norm, especially when the world around us is so much of a mess. And yet day after day, I witness the messiness that is part and parcel of our story as Christ's church. And it's painful. It's painful when fellow members of a congregation who have worshipped and communed at the same table for decades no longer speak to one another because they could not agree about wearing masks in church during the pandemic. It's painful when 40 congregations are eagerly seeking pastoral leadership and there are candidates for maybe 10 and the anxiety of the whole system just becomes palpable. It's painful when a congregation that has worked so faithfully to embrace its reconciling in Christ identity discovers a noose hanging in their all-gender bathroom. It's painful when a small but thriving congregation loses three members who, it turns out, have been providing 60% of the budget, and now they can't afford to fund their ministry. It's painful when a congregation is poised for an exciting new chapter, and then suddenly it all unravels and nothing unfolds the way they expect. The pain of the messiness in our life as Christ's church is real. But it's not the end of the story. If we learn nothing else during this Holy Week into which our awkward Palm Sunday worship ushers us, it is that God abides in our messiness. And from within that messiness, the messiness of betrayal and denial and judgment and death and loss and grief, from within all of that messiness, God writes a story of redemption and hope and healing and, yes, meaning. It doesn't happen instantaneously. That three-day wait in the tomb can feel like forever. Yet the promise of God to bring meaning from the mess stands. Period. It stands for you. 
It stands for me. It stands for all of us who are part and parcel of the story of Christ's church. I'm learning myself after 35 years in ordained ministry to lean into that promise still, to lean into the messiness, to hold it lightly rather than have it consume me, so that there is space to ask how God is abiding here, how God is working to redeem this, how God will ultimately bring meaning. It's not like I haven't seen it happen over and over again, almost always in ways I would never have scripted myself. If I could say anything to a pastor and a congregation marking an installation on Palm Sunday, I would say this. Awkward though it may seem, allow yourselves to fully celebrate today. Even as you know that what lies ahead will be messy, human messy, for the promise stands for you. God in Christ abides in our mess, including our mess as Christ's church. God in Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, brings forth from this mess redemption and hope and new life and, yes, meaning. That is the promise. That is the way God's story goes. You've been listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. If you would like to support the ongoing ministry of our church, please visit our website at houseforall.org/giving.